Rod. I went to Arizona State. Rod. I'm a Sun Devil, man. State of the Sun Devils from Arizona Sports with Jesse Morrison, Jeremy Schnell, and Jake Anderson. Hello and welcome into another edition of State of the Sun Devils alongside Jesse Morrison and Jake Anderson. I'm Jeremy Schnell. Now it's not only us three here today. We're joined by a very special guest, Bobby Hurley, head coach of the ASU Sun Devils men's basketball team. Bobby, thanks for joining us. Good to be with you guys. Uh, so, Coach, I, I wanted to get started with talking about kind of how you guys played in, in your last game on Saturday. After the Colorado game, how did you got? How you? What'd you say to the guys to kind of get them going to get them ready for the Utah game? Well, I mean, it was uh, it was a heartbreaking loss. I mean, we we uh, did some really good work in the Bay to take care of business, and uh, it, it was a major priority, you know, to win both these games this week. Uh, so, uh, you know. Though we generated a good lead versus Colorado, didn't in the first half did not close the half well at all, and uh, and it cost us and had a hard time guarding uh, De Silva and, and and a lot of a lot of people have uh, this year. He's a really good player, uh, so it was it was disappointing not to get that one, but uh, you know to bounce back. Uh, it was senior night. Um, you know I think we we did a lot more talking, more reflective in on Friday, uh, and, and it wasn't as physical. To kind of let the guys recover, um, but but I thought we were very determined, you know, in the Utah game. It was a tough game. They had, they've had a lot of success this year. Uh, we knew it had the potential to be a real low-scoring game because both teams are very good defensively, and that's kind of how it played out. So uh, going to Tucson this week, uh, just how difficult is that atmosphere, and just what do you got to do to get to get that one done against the Wildcats? We've had some good wins on the road, uh, neutral sites. We've had the Oregon win, the Colorado win, uh, you know, quality wins. Um, but it gets taken to a different level with that crowd. So, uh, you know, we'll have whistles all week in practice, and and any touch foul, we're going to blow the whistle. You know, because uh, you know, especially after I, I watched our Arizona game yesterday again. Uh, it, you know, we fouled too much, put them on the free throw line. I thought that was, uh, you know, a, a difference in the game. So we have to be able to be aggressive, uh, you know, with our normal intensity and try and, you know, uh, rely on our defense, but but do it uh, in, in a smart way that we're not committing uh, foolish fouls there. I know that football coaches obviously kind of tailor their practice schedules based on when they play. With with this week being a one-game week and you're only going to have that one game in, what is it, probably like 11 days, do you switch up your intensity or how you kind of practice and get ready? Well, uh, just with you know playing two games week after week and it's late in the season and you know we have some older guys, you know, Des Cambridge, uh, Devin Cambridge. I mean, those guys are so athletic and they give you so much for those two hours on, on a Saturday that – uh, Warren Washington's another guy, so we did, we didn't practice on Sunday. That's normal for our week. And then even yesterday, we had more of the guys that have not played as much, but are still you know you know need to play a good role the rest of the way for us. They did a lot more of of the physical part yesterday, and we gave you know additional recovery for the players that that uh, you know played heavy minutes. And uh, so we'll get back today and, and and have a solid practice and just keep gradually building to uh, Saturday. What's the mood kind of been like with, with the team uh, since the Utah game going into this week, obviously a rivalry game? I, I haven't seen the guys yet. I had I had a, like half the group yesterday in, in skill workouts, um, but I'll have the group in front of me today. But I just, I could tell that I wouldn't necessarily say it was relief, but we needed to get that game on Saturday. It was uh, It was vital for our, 
our postseason hopes. And and now I, I think you more or less look at it like these are opportunities. You know, if you look at it and say, wow, I'm, uh, I'm really nervous here. I got to go play these heavy hitters on the road. It's not looking too good. No. If you have that type of attitude, you're, you're not going to have a lot of success. I think we have to look at it like, you know, all of these these games, these next three, could change the direction of our season in a positive way if we're able to, you know, to figure out a way to win some of these last three. And with the last three games, I mean, they are these heavy hitters, three of the best teams. Do you feel like they're must wins? I don't think they're all must wins. I, I think that you know we're nineteen and nine. I think the goals have to be at this point to to figure out how to stay in the top four because that's where we are right now and then that that assures you get the bye in the Pac-12 tournament. And then the other thing is, like, we're right there with the quality of our wins and, and our record that, you know, if we are able to, to get any of these done, I think it puts us in a stronger position. And certainly we would, if we only, let's say, win one of these three, we would most likely have to go and win a couple of games in Vegas. But the level of these opponents could change your net rankings and you know, your quad one wins and all the things that everyone <laughs> talks about for NCAA tournament participation. Obviously, we talk about that stuff nonstop, but as a coach with your guys, I mean, how much do you talk about that more so than just talking about, hey, we got to take care of business one game at a time? Yeah, it's been it's been really cool, these games where <clears throat> we're sitting in these huddles at the under four and, and it's a two-point game and it's or it's a tie game and you know, we've been in that spot so many times. It's like, you know, we were there again with Utah and, and reminded the guys, hey, we were here doing this with Creighton and look what we were able to do. And, you know, we've beaten good teams in close games and we know how to do it. And so playing in those games, I think, really prepares you. So it's uh, it's been exciting. And the guys have fought and battled. And, you know, our record is really good in quad one and quad two. You know, we've been able to accumulate wins in those quads. There are other teams out there right now that, don't even have a quad one win that somehow have higher net ranking than us. So there are teams out there that are below 500 that have a higher net ranking than us, which is shocking. You know, so I don't know how all this stuff plays itself out, uh, but you know, we just got to handle our business at this point. When you look at the games that you guys have played this season, outside of a few non-conference games and the Michigan game in Brooklyn, there's a lot of close games here. How important do you think that is going into tournament time? You got to want it. You got to embrace it. I, I've told the guys, you know, even in overtime versus Cal, we haven't we haven't won an overtime game. Let's go do that. You know, uh, at Stanford, let's close it out. We get, you know, when you're playing games in the NCAA tournament, those teams are ha, have proven to be good enough that it's going to be very rare that you're going to blow a team out like in the NCAA tournament. So you're going to be in these in these dog fights, and you got to figure out how to rely on your defense, how to play smart, how to execute, and uh, you know, all the little things, making your free throws, you know, blockouts, you know, all the things that you have to do to win games. I have a non-ASU question for you. Obviously, uh, you're focused on your team, but coaching change at Duke after so many years, uh, just have you paid attention to what John's been doing, and what do you think about Duke this season under him? I think it's a it's a similar you know blueprint that you've seen with Duke. They've uh, they've obviously gravitated to young young talent and and freshmen, and uh, so with that you're gonna you know have some ups and downs certainly. And I think they're 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 experiencing some of that, but uh, you know very very talented team. I, I've only watched I think two games so far. It's just been a lot of conflict with with, with our schedule. I've uh, 
probably watched a lot more UConn with my brother than uh, <laughs> than Duke this year. But he's going to be fine. It's uh, you know there's always an adjustment you know to find you know a big difference between moving over assistant coach to head coach, finding your voice, your style. Um, you know, understanding all the things that happen, all the decisions you have to make, it's just like way different. So I'm sure he's going through that transition. It's kind of a random one. Obviously, the, the record in the black jerseys this year hasn't been all that great. Do you think we're going to see that at all the rest of the rest of the season? Look, I, I, I'm embracing the black jerseys. I'm, I'm good. We, uh, I, I feel like the, the San Francisco game and all my superstitions, I, I told our, our operations guy, man, I don't ever want to see those black uniforms again. <laughs> <laughs> and um, as it turned out, you know, I, I said, I got to stop with this. And I was thinking about the black uniforms for the road going to the Bay. And ironically, you know, the players went to our ops operations guy and say, hey, we want to wear black. And, and I was like, let's do it. You know, so it was uh, the Stanford game and, you know, able to get a win with the black uniforms. And unfortunately, they, they didn't come through with the Colorado game. But uh, I'm not going to not going to give up on it yet. I love the black uniforms. So, <laughs> Final question from me, Coach. Uh, going back to 2019 and, and 2020, we were talking about it, how excited we were to see that team if they would have been able to play into the tournament. Do you think that was your most talented team? Uh, I mean, it's. I, I, loved, uh, I loved the Dort-Cheatham team. You know, the defense, the rebounding. Uh, I just think we had, and I hate, I don't want to sit here and make excuses, but Having to go to Dayton, yeah. you know, again, you know, when we finished second in the league that year and had 12 wins, and, you know, I was like, all right, let's go do it. Um, but then we had to fly that same night to to, uh, to Columbus, or was it, is that where we were, Columbus or Tulsa? I forget what the hell. I think it was Tulsa, yeah. Yeah, Tulsa. It was Tulsa. I mean, we got in that next morning at like 5 o'clock, yeah. and like, the guys were like zombies all day, and we had other you know, stuff we had to do, media and practice and different things. And I just never felt like we were ourselves in that, uh, in that, that game with Buffalo. But, uh, and they were really good. But um, I thought that team was good. I love my guard U team, although we just, we, we lost our way. You know, that team was so dynamic. Um, Similar situation, yeah. right? But I think with, with that team that you're talking about, it was, it was the best year that the Pac-12 has had maybe since my first year in terms of just having so many teams take care of business in non-conference where it's such a valued as such a strong league that you know, we were able to get momentum late. And I think that was probably the, the best my teams have played you know, late in the season. Well, Coach, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it and you taking the time. And uh, best of luck the rest of the way. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, Coach.